Well, welcome to I Don't Care with me, Kevin Stevenson. Glad to have you uh, back on the podcast. Again, we're doing another video cast. We've heard from a lot of our uh, podcast subscribers that you like like a little break in the action. And so we'll be doing this uh, uh, on a fairly frequent basis, uh, as long as the guests uh, you know, have a nice background, have a nice demeanor, and they want, to, they want to take part in it as well. So today's guest actually wanted to be on video. And so uh, let me introduce you to Dr. Corey Fish. Dr. Fish is the Chief Medical Officer for Brave Care in Portland, Oregon. Dr. Fish, welcome to I Don't Care. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm uh, glad to be here. Well, thank you. And from what I understand by your bio, you spent a little time here in the great state of Texas. Tell us a little bit about that and a little bit more about you personally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to get to do my pediatric residency at Dell Children's Medical Center of Central Texas in Austin and uh, definitely learned why everyone from Texas loves Texas. Uh, I had a really great time there, um, made some very near and dear friends and, and just enjoyed the heck out of my out of my three years there. Um, you know, before uh, before coronavirus, we were, you know, getting back about, you know, one, two, three times a year just to visit friends in Austin and um, really had incredible training there from all the pediatricians at the hospital and uh, really, really uh, influenced, I think, the way that I practice pediatrics uh, and, and that um, these days. So very fortunate to have spent some time there. Oh, that's great. So, you know, what kind of Tex-Mex is your favorite? You've got to ask. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was a big fan of, um, I think, Chewy's. That was a good okay. one. Uh, uh, Guero's, I think, was the name of it. That was oh. another one I was a, I was a fan of. Um, I think that's the name. But yeah, I think uh, Chewy's is probably my favorite. And then Taco Deli Breakfast Tacos, of course, was, uh, there was up there. Absolutely. Well, the next time you come down, you need to make a trip up to Waco from Austin, and I'll show you around at some of our fine dining as well. So, so enough about enough about the culinary uh, 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 greatness of the great state of Texas. Tell us a little bit about Brave Care. Whenever I was reading about it, I was incredibly fascinated by your whole concept. So, share with my uh, with my subscribers about it. Yeah, so um, so Brave Care um, is you know kind of full service um, pediatric urgent and primary care. Um, so you know we started out initially as a uh, urgent care practice, um, and you know grew to realize that um, you know as much uh, as much as we could improve the urgent care space, um, we felt like there was a lot of room for us to improve primary care and pediatrics. Um, so we're a, a pediatric primary and urgent care uh, practice driven by uh, technology. What, what do you consider as, as really the mission of, of your clinics there? Yeah, I, I think the mission really underscores and, and drives everything that we do. And, you know, very simply or, or not simply, I guess, we want to take the very best care of patients possible. Um, you know, patient care, quality of care how that care is delivered uh, is, is really very much the, the driving force behind, behind what we do. Well, you know, let, let's just go ahead and, and get into, you know, obviously COVID has changed the way so many physicians have practiced. 
uh, over the last uh, oh, eight to eight months or so. And I know, you know, kids going into the physician's office, they're already scared. And so, you know, COVID just adds another layer onto that. You know, so is fear really that biggest obstacle for kids coming into your office that you found? Yeah, I, I think there's a few things. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it does seem like there's a trend towards seeing kids later in a disease process, um, you know, and, and there are certainly things that don't warrant a trip to the to the doctor's office uh, or, you know, to the clinic straight away. Um, but, you know, we, we are definitely seeing a trend towards that, which, you know, is somewhat concerning, um, you know, when, when sometimes, you know, it takes too long for a child to come in and seek care, you know, mm-hmm. potentially bad things develop, um, you know, so I, I think that's part of it. And, and I totally understand that, you know, I, I totally understand the, the parents mindset there of, um, you know, being hesitant about coming in. It's like, you know, cause I think a lot of people just view healthcare facilities as like, a, a you know, it's just a big bucket of coronavirus. And if I go there, I'm just going to marinate in it. Uh, you know, I, most healthcare clinics that I know of, and, and certainly ours, um, are, are taking, you know, tons of steps to try to, you know, try to mitigate that, you know, extra cleaning, personal protective equipment. Um, we're doing some stuff with uh, UV treatment of our HVAC system in our, in our new clinic that's opening up. So, you know, at this point, I can confidently say that coming to our practice and probably most most healthcare clinics is safer than going to a grocery store um, for sure. Uh, so I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is, um, you know, kids aren't, you know, commingling and sneezing and snotting all over each other either. So, uh, so I think that's maybe mitigating some of the uh, transmissibility of other viral illnesses. Although I certainly expect that to change coming into this winter. Sure, of course. Well, of course, we see the same thing uh, uh, from adults uh, being incredibly anxious and uh, and coming into the hospital as well. And and you've hit the nail on the head. Frankly, coming into a hospital or a physician's clinic is a lot safer than going to the grocery store, maybe even to to a restaurant as well. Uh, But uh, I know that we are doing a lot of things uh, in front of the patient to be very intentional about, you know, our cleaning practices. I would assume that you're doing the same thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hand washing, you know, gelling in front of the patient, which, you know, has been kind of standard practice for for a long time. And that was especially important. And just being mindful about changing gloves and cleaning stethoscopes and wiping off computer screens and computer keyboards and and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, and really trying to reassure people that, you know, nothing has changed. You know, this the health and safety of our kids and families is number one priority, uh, you know, just like it always is. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, now we just have to kind of do some extra, extra steps to, to really make sure that we can be a safe place and care for the folks who need it. Okay. Well, so, so we'll just take, take the step back from, from uh, COVID for now. You know, just in general, as we said, kids are anxious, you know, their parents mm-hmm. are anxious coming into the doctor's office. So, understand that you have some pretty unique design uh, aspects of your clinic. What have y'all done to really help alleviate that anxiety and just talk about, you know, your, really your, your patient flow and your workflow uh, design? Yeah, definitely. I I think there's two things there uh, that we can unpack. The first is, you know, as you mentioned, kind of the physical space and the flow and how we do that. and, And we'll get into that. And then 
I think the other thing is just kind of how, you know, how we, how we do medicine and, and how we, you know, how we help folks. But to answer the first question, um, you know, you know, there's, there's a quite a bit of research out there, uh, you know, about colors and how they impact brain function and, you know, te light temperature, you know, warm light versus cool light and how those, you know, impact, you know, the way that, um, you know, the way that we perceive our surroundings. And so we've been really intentional with things like color choice, um, patterns, um, you know, we put in some, uh, you know, this is not necessarily an evidence-based thing, but it's, we thought it'd be fun for the kids. Um, you know, we did a play, our chief technology officer actually built this from scratch. We did a play on the old room flag system, you know, where you'd mm -hmm. flip up the colored flags. So we have um, smart lights uh, in these blade signs and then a little motion sensor. And we have a color system that indicates where the patient is in the process, you know, checked in, ready for provider, waiting for a lab test. And you just wave your hand in front of the sensor and it gives you that sort of like spinny rainbow colored wheel and then changes to the color that, that you know, indicates where the patient is. So you just wave your hand in front of it and then we can computer control it from the front too. So, um, you know, just some of those surprise and delight things. Um, we have all of our rooms uh, wired for um, uh, Apple TV and flat screen. Um, and we're looking at doing some things with kind of customizing some displays on there for kids, uh, you know, based on their favorite color or their favorite animal, um, you know, those types of things to be able to, to help put kids at ease. Um, so, you know, we can't, unfortunately, we can't really have like toys or books much in the waiting room these days, right. just for obvious reasons. So that's been sort of a bummer, but um, we've been able to participate in a program called Reach Out and Read, where we can give books to take home. Um, we, uh, we were able to sign up for a program through Lego, where we can give kids their own Lego sets to take home. Um, so so that's, that's been fun. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting because I, I'm sure our, our designer, you know, can talk much more eloquently about, you know, design theory and this and that. But, um, you know, it's amazing how even people who have been practicing, you know, healthcare for a long time sometimes get it wrong. There's a, a notable example that I know of where, you know, the clinic was getting built and it was nice, new, beautiful spot. And um, uh, what they didn't realize until they opened the door was that the room where the vaccines were prepped was in full view of the waiting room and all the children. And anybody who works in pediatrics knows that you don't show them the shot until the last possible second. You so, know, I tell my doctor that too with me. So I, kids are certainly uh, probably not as bad as me, but I totally understand. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, so, so there's just, there's just things like that. And, you know, we were fortunate enough, you know, we have, not only do we have great healthcare providers, but we have a wonderful design team and uh, operations people who, you know, are totally capable of executing. Um, we've got great technology people like the light, the lighted sign example mm -hmm. that I gave you. And, you know, I would say that's the biggest thing for me working at Brave Care is, you know, healthcare has got a lot of problems, obviously. Um, I think if you sit 50 people in healthcare in a room and ask them to solve problems in healthcare, you're probably going to end up with some iteration or some version of exactly what we have now. But it's every day, you know, I hear just these amazing suggestions for how we could do healthcare better from people with no healthcare background whatsoever. And that's been the 
that's been one of the more interesting things that I, I would not have guessed going into it about working at Brave Care with a team of folks who largely don't have much healthcare experience um, on the, the tech and product side, obviously. But you know, and, um, and I found that too. It's been it's really interesting to get that out of industry uh, perspective on, on healthcare. Uh, I've done a lot of work in my career in patient experience, and so spent some time actually at, at Disney World in, in Orlando. Mm -hmm utilizing a lot of their learnings in that, you know, in that uh, visitor experience realm, but in the hospital environment. And so, um, yeah, I really, I enjoyed that too. Uh, just hearing, yeah, you know, it's great to just go straight to the patient and say, hey, what do you, what do you want? What do you see? Uh, I've done a little bit of work in clinic design as well. And so it's really interesting what you're talking about as far as, you know, enhancing the patient experience. But what are some of the things that you've done to uh, enhance the, the provider experience and making your lives more, uh, you know, easier and a little bit more efficient? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a few things. A lot of those, uh, well, I mean, there's the obvious stuff, right? There's, you know, making sure that the uh, the printer, you know, that the lab result comes out of or, the, or that the lab order comes out of is next to where the providers sit and mm -hmm making sure that the lab is close to areas where the specimens are connected and, and those sorts of things, you know, trying to make it open as much as is possible. So there, there's that. But I would say like some of the more significant improvements that we've made have come on the technology and product side. So um, I, I can still remember our chief technology officer, his name is Asa Miller, just the look on his face when uh, I showed him an EMR for the first time. And he was like, <laughs> what? is this you know right. and uh and we've changed around and, and made a few changes to improve on on that score um but you know what we realized is that the only way that we can do this and really do it to a high level is just to build the whole thing ourselves so we started on the front end of that system so we've entirely built from scratch um patient check-in uh so we have contactless check-in on an ipad so we built our own ipad app that patient just goes straight to the room and they can they can check in right there doesn't require staff to be handing stuff back and forth and laminated paper and this and that and the other thing everything's all right there digital we sanitize it and then hand to the next person oh. um and uh so that that clinic app um you know started as as that check-in piece but we've added a number of features now um, around, uh, you know, communication. Um, so when a patient comes back in, you know, there's some messages that, that we need to be aware of. And then we're actually just getting ready to release a um, asynchronous chat tool through that. So as a parent, you'd be able to get onto our iPad app um, and you'd be able to uh, chat with a doctor anytime. And uh, we built that whole interface and user experience and interface from scratch. Um, so, you know, it, it's a lot nicer as a provider when, you know, I mean, people call in, we're happy to talk to folks on the mm -hmm. phone, but it's sometimes easier when it's not a real urgent thing where you kind of like, oh, I just saw this patient, I can sit down and answer a few, you know, questions from parents and then go, it just helps you multitask in a more efficient way. Um, so, you know, most of most of that has been on that front, um, and that all interfaces directly with our backend uh, system. So we were um, we were connected to a company called Apero Health, which does medical uh, uh, is a technology company that does medical billing and coding. So 
that our system talks to their system. The patient knows what their copay is right up front. They know where they're at in their deductible. And then ultimately what we're moving towards is being able to just tell the patient like what their, you know, it's like your balance today is, you know, $20 copay, and then you got to pay $17 and 64 cents for your visit. So, you know, would you like to do that now? Um, And they can run, we can run their card and do everything right through that app. So that's where a lot of our efficiencies, or at least the most, uh, the, the ones that have moved the needle the most have come from. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's tremendous to hear because so many uh, patients now are, are wanting obviously more, more pricing transparency in all mm-hmm. of their interactions throughout healthcare. And, and again, using that out of industry perspective, you know, other industries just have no idea why healthcare can't move quicker, but, uh, when you start trying to explain, I'm sure like you did with your with your chief technology officer, they finally realize the convoluted nature of healthcare reimbursement. So, um, yeah, so and I, just to just to talk yeah, about ahead. that idea of price transparency, I mean that's a huge one. I I just mm-hmm. I agree, I agree. I understand it's convoluted, but it's the only store in the world where you go and you look at a can of soup and you can't tell what the price costs on the can of soup like that's just there's just no reason for that like we all just need to be better you know and I think it starts with the providers I mean there's no excuse for me as a provider why I shouldn't know what an x-ray costs you know I mean it's we can get the information we should be able to figure this out and we should be able to communicate that to our patients you know no I totally agree with that um so I love the the flag system example that you gave on technology uh and wonderful app uh, capabilities. Anything specifically for the kids? Because it sounds like a lot of your apps are going straight to to mom and dad. But uh, what else are you doing for the kids to help alleviate some of their anxieties? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I think a lot of that kind of goes more towards our staff and and what they're doing. So, you know, one additional benefit of having, you know, an app in the clinic is, um, you know, that we can pull up our clinic Netflix account and we can go to Netflix kids and, and we can put something on. I mean, there's, there's lots okay. of studies out there about, you know, obviously, you know, judicious use of screen time is important, but, you know, there's lots of studies about the anesthetic benefits of screen time mm-hmm. for kids, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's somewhat concerning, you know, obviously if you're exposed to it too much, but um, for things like this, I think it's totally worth it, you know, and, and I, I just commend our staff, right? Because this, this goes back to a little bit of how we practice, you know, they don't just hand the kid an iPad. They will ask the parent, is it okay if we give Mm -hmm. Sally an IPAD and they'll spell out iPad because they know if they say iPad, Sally is going to lose her mind and then there'll be a problem on their hands. So it's just, it goes back to that. You know, we keep tons of really good snacks in the clinic for the kiddos when they're hungry um, we, we haven't developed any tech, uh, specifically for like alleviating stress and anxiety for kids. Um, but I think that's where, you know, having, uh, what we've done is sort of laid the foundational work for those things. And now that we have all this infrastructure in place with, on the tech side, you know, that's where things like having an Apple TV and a screen in the room is we can customize that, you know, we can build in distractions or, you know, little games that kids can play. I mean, the possibilities are endless, really. And um, I, I think our colleagues in child life for, for pediatrics, so most pediatric hospitals will have child life specialists that are, I mean, that's what their, that's, that's what their training is. And that's what they're great at is just finding ways to alleviate games. And whether that's pulling the video game card into a kid's room or, 
you know, using different, you know, tactile sensory things or, or whatnot, or just even how to talk to a child, you know, getting down to their level and this and that. So, um, so yeah, there, there's lots of possibilities out there. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I can personally speak to the, to the anesthetic uh, uh, capabilities of screen time because I, uh, I've been to a dentist before when they lie you back in the chair, there's a, a TV on the, on the ceiling. And so I'll yeah. request the golf channel and then I'm, you know, I'm usually out before they give me anything. Uh, and we even, we just added another cath lab here at our hospital and it has a huge uh, uh, plasma screen on there where we can put very soothing images on that for the patient prior to them uh, going under anesthesia. And so uh, you're exactly right. I think that's a great, uh, you know, any kind of distraction that we can have in, in a healthcare environment to, to alleviate that stress and, and maybe alleviate some of the pain is certainly worthwhile. So, um, yeah. And I think too, you, you know, just to one more point on that, it's, uh -huh. uh, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, in healthcare, I, I, I mean, it's great to see some of these things start to show up, but I, I think traditionally we've been a little bit lagging in the technology department. I mean, we still use fax machines like every day for crying out loud. I mean, exactly. who, who else uses fax machines? No, I mean, it's just, it's, it, we, it'll be great once we start getting on board and, and we can really get tech savvy with some of this stuff. Cause I think ultimately if one is thoughtful about how it's implemented, um, mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot of room for benefit for the patient. Okay, exactly. So tell me, where do you see, where do you see Brave Care in, in five years? What, what's kind of that, that vision for down, the, for down the road for you? Yeah, definitely. So we have, um, we have uh, our existing clinic in Northeast Portland. We're opening another mm -hmm. clinic in Southeast Portland. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, biggest plan is, you know, we want to be able to develop our technology platform so that we can serve folks outside the outside our, our markets where we have a brick and mortar business um, or, or clinic. And so we want to we want to do that. We want to build some pieces there that add value for parents who are in other places besides just where we have clinics. And then, you know, we'd love to, uh, you know, to expand and be able to offer these services, you know, in, in other states and, and other markets. I, I think, you know, we do what we do really well. Um, you know, I'm really proud of our, uh, uh, you know, of how our scores come in for patient care quality, what our reviews have been. Um, you know, I, I think we're doing what we do as, as you know, obviously you never want to settle. You always want to be striving for more, but I, I think we're, we're doing a really amazing job and I would love to see us be able to offer that in, in other places. And it's a, you know, it's a significant challenge. It's the, you know, how do you keep care, the culture of care consistent across, you know, multiple locations and, and multiple states. But I, I think we can take a nod from, from, you know, other, other lines of work, you know, I mean, you, you can go, you know, get a really good meal from a chain in one state and hopefully end up and have a, another great experience in, in some, you know, somewhere else, not that, you know, we should compare healthcare to restaurants necessarily, but I, I think there's a lot to be said for, um, for making high quality care available to everybody. Well, that's great. And, uh, on that, I think that's a great note to end on, Dr. Fish. Uh, thanks so much for being on I Don't Care. It was uh, incredibly fascinating to hear a little bit more about the pediatric environment. I've, I've never really been directly involved in that other, other than having my own children, but uh, 
it sounds like you guys really have uh, some interesting uh, thoughts on, on technology and clinic design that could certainly be replicated in other locations. Yeah, thanks so much, Kevin. It's it's been a real pleasure. And uh, if you could just air uh, airmail me some breakfast tacos from Taco Deli, hey, uh, I bet we can make that happen for you. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Thanks so much. So, uh, subscribers, what a great uh, great interview uh, here with Dr. Fish. And of course, we are on uh, MarketScale.com radio every Friday morning at 9.30 Central Time. And then after that, the uh, podcast episodes are dropped to Spotify and iTunes. So make sure that you go to those two platforms and subscribe to I Don't Care with me, Kevin Stevenson. And with that, I'll bid you a good evening, good day, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again.